the epistle reading. Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that a person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down? Or, Who will ascend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before them on the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from Jesus Christ, his only Son, our living Lord and Savior. The sermon I am about to read 
is adapted from a sermon by Dr. Carl C. Fickenshire II of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dr. Fickenshire composed this message for Lutheran Bible Translation Sunday. The title of the message is The Building Without the Book. The text for this message is from 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 8 through 13, and it reads as follows. And Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the priest, and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Achbor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the secretary, and Asaiah, the king's service, servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. This is our text. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, dear friends in Christ. King Josiah has ordered the repair and refurbishing of the temple. It's all going well. And then a report comes to the king. In verse 10, we read, Moreover, Shaphan, the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. What book did they find? Well, before we answer that question, let's focus our thoughts on Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple was a magnificent structure. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, built for one purpose— to be the center of Israel's worship. Every day, the priests have been offering a lamb at both the morning and evening sacrifices. Daily, the people of Judah have been coming to present their firstborn and to give their offerings. Year after year, the high priest ventures into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. A whole lot of religion has been going on in the temple. But as they refurbish Solomon's temple, they discover a book. Oh, king, by the way, we found a book. Apparently, the king doesn't even know what book it is. The king doesn't apparently know the book is missing. What book have they found, you might ask? It just happens to be the book, the book of the law, the book of the covenant that God gave his people through Moses, 800 years earlier. For probably more than a century, they've been functioning, doing all these religious acts without the book. No wonder the state of their spiritual life is in disarray and that they are constantly falling into idolatry. 
Imagine this congregation, this church building, without the book. The people of Judah had not been doing very well without the book. Yes, they had been sacrificing lambs and burning incense morning and evening and observing other devout liturgies and practices, but they also worshiped the stars of heaven because they imagined those stars were pagan gods who could help them. They had emptied the Lord's house of its treasures to buy foreign alliances to be safe from their enemies. They sacrificed their own children, just like the Canaanites did, even though God had always been very clear. I had not commanded this abomination, nor had it entered my mind. And this is stated in Jeremiah chapter 2, chapter 32, verse 35. Without the book, dreadful beliefs, values, and behaviors are done. Without the book, imagine how we would fill this building. We might have a magnificent sanctuary, a fresco painted by a renowned artist, a spectacular-sounding pipe organ, but we might have a religion steeped in lifeless traditionalism, a sterile culture, and a ragged discipleship. Without the book, we might fill our sanctuary with gibberish, maybe even chatter about the love of God, but neglecting to mention His holiness. We might find ourselves overly judgmental in our attitudes and behavior toward other people because of our own self-righteousness. The ambiance of the congregation might be pleasant, warm, and fuzzy as we convince ourselves that God doesn't really punish sin. In fact, what is sin? We might proclaim love without the need of the, for the cross, for Jesus' sacrificial, sacrificial death. We might fill the place with revel, revelry without reverence and awe. Around the world, houses of worship are active on every Sunday, on every Jewish Sabbath, at every Muslim hour of prayer. There's a lot of religion going on, but so much of our religious behavior is without the book. It's just human imagination and man-inspired worship. In many places in the world, religion is simply human imagination and man-inspired worship because the book isn't yet available in the local language. In many parts of the world, missionaries have planted Christian churches, but the newly born Christians are hindered in growing in their Christian faith because they lack the Holy Scripture in a language they can understand. Imagine if your only opportunity to learn the truths of God was a few minutes each week, maybe during the pastor's sermon, for you have no Bible to read at home. Or imagine if the only Bible you have access to is written in a language you barely can understand. You would try your best to struggle to read the Bible, but it is not the same as reading your very own Bible in a language you speak every day. And without that Bible to study in depth, you probably still follow blindly some of your traditional religion and ritual, never knowing how wrong these beliefs and practices are. You might fill in the gaps 
with your own imagination. The building, this sanctuary, our lives, would be empty of the Word of God Himself if we didn't have the book, that is, the Bible. The Old and New Testaments are given to us so that we may know and believe in God's Son as our Savior. The book brings us the living Word, the Word incarnate, the Word Himself. The book testifies of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The whole book, the Bible, is nothing but the book of Christ, the book that teaches us about Christ, the book that gives us, even delivers us, Christ. And when we have Christ, we have what we could never imagine, a Father who is almighty and holy and judges sin, but with whom we can be familiar, even intimate, because Jesus' death on the cross has reconciled us to him. The assurance that whatever our sin, we can throw ourselves on God's mercy because Jesus made it possible for his Father to be merciful to us, and we can then be sure of our Father's forgiveness for all those sinful imaginations with which we have filled our churches, our hearts, our religion, and our lives. When we believe in Jesus as God's Son, our Savior, we have the miraculous, illogical, beyond reason, beyond imagination certainty that our baptisms, that the Lord's Supper, that God's Word really do give us forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation. We have heaven absolutely free, without any merit or worthiness on our part, because Jesus' cross earned it for us. That means we also have Christ's love to share with all who are weak and helpless, especially those who are weak and helpless, in that they don't yet have the book of Christ in their hands. Imagine your life, your home, your Christian community, even this building, without the book. And imagine what might replace the teaching of the Lord instead. Frankly, that is the way most people in this country and around the world are living. But don't imagine too long. Instead, be a part of giving the book to those who don't yet have it. After all, with the book, you're giving what? Actually, who has given you eternal salvation? The Word of God Himself, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.